Hello, and welcome to the Platform Podcast, hosted by Marketplace Advisory Board Chair L. Tucker, a former journalist who writes, speaks, and consults on all things startups. The Platform Podcast features conversations with founders, operators, and experts tackling a myriad of topics facing the marketplace and sharing economy startup ecosystem. Please note this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not professional advice. For specific issues, please seek an appropriate professional or contact us at info at marketplacerisk.com for more information. And now, without further ado, I will hand things over to Elle. Hello and welcome back to the Platform Podcast. Now, I have a first today and that is a guest who has been on before and I'm so pleased to welcome back Matthias Riolfi of Tint. How are you doing Matthias? Thank you and thank you for coming back. Hi Al, good to talk with you again and thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, how are you? I'm good and I can't believe that the last time you were on the podcast with me was actually 18 months ago because this podcast came as many did out of the lockdown and you were one of my first guests back in June 2020. So I'm really excited to hear how things have been going for you in that period. And But first of all, let's just talk a bit about what you do, your CEO and co-founder of tint do we say tint.ai or just tint i'm not sure oh well, i think people use both but i'd say let's go with tint okay um tell me about tint first of all because some of our listeners maybe didn't hear your first guest appearance and are wondering a bit more um about what you do sure uh so tint uh makes it easy for tech platforms and marketplaces as well um, to embed insurance and protection products uh, so they can protect their users and, and kind of sell more, increase conversion. So the idea here is that we were, uh, my co-founder and I, early employees at Turo, and we had to uh, kind of build the insurance, uh, stack insurance offering that Turo um, has in its product. So we learned that you know, helping uh, protect customers from risks whenever they're using your marketplace from risks that can come from accidents or theft or things like that really help the marketplace's uh, service become more valuable to its user. And we provide really everything they need to uh, the marketplaces need to create those those products and, and deploy that to, to uh, the end users. And how long have you guys been been around for now? Now, four years. So we started in early 2018. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I think when we chatted in in the midst of lockdown, you told me very specifically about the world of shared mobility and camper vans and cars and scooters and all on all this. And I think we talked through a case study from your client Outdoorsy um, and uh, explained how you'd sort of reduced their insurance claims with, with what you were doing. How have things evolved in the last 18 months? Because changed days uh, a shared mobility is obviously something that has actually thrived in the pandemic actually I, I believe um and you know I wonder what what this has meant for the business and the sort of shared mobility part of it and what else are you doing at the moment 
Yeah, I know. Absolutely. So shared, uh, shared mobility is very important to us. And it's because of our DNA. Again, both, both of us coming from Turo. It is a space that we understand very well and it's very close to, to our heart. But in the last, let's say, nine months or so, we started to um, diversify quite a lot our coverage. Um, so we went from uh, serving primarily share mobility com- companies like now Aldorzy, RiderShare, uh, to serving uh, pretty much any tech platform in, in any vertical because we realized that the same needs that um, share mobilities have right, to, pr- to protect their customers against say, accidents when you rent a motorcycle or an RV uh, or reducing the risk right, or, or, or removing this risk from, from the transaction is the same need that many other types of tech platforms have. So for example, one of the customers and two public customers that we can talk about is one is a company called Citizen Shipper. Um, Yeah, yeah, so we work with the Citizen Shipper team. Uh, They do pet shipping. So you can ship your pet from, say, Boston to New York or any city in the United States. And we help them create a protection plan. So if there were uh, any issues with the the transaction, with the health of the pet, or they need a vet or something, uh, Citizen Shippers would cover that um, that loss. And again, it's, it's a way to de-risking the process of shipping the pets and using their service. And another um, public case that we have now is a company called Deal, uh, which is an, it's not a marketplace, but it's just showing the breadth of the uh, of the application of what we're doing. Uh, so Deal is a is a um, company that helps uh, hiring uh, contractors in different countries. So they do all the the contracts, the paperwork, and to guarantee compliance. And we help them create a guarantee that if the company uses uh, Geo and follows all the compliance steps and eventually gets in trouble or gets sued by misclassification of that that the contractor, um, Deal will pay for that. So again, it's guaranteeing that what Geo is offering um, is sound and compliant and, and again, re- making the adoption of the product easier. Mm-hmm. Can I just ask one more thing about Citizen Shipper, it's called, isn't it? Citizen Shipper. Yes. Yeah. Does, is it the pet thing? Is that their main offering? Um, I'm just intrigued by the name and, and what you've just explained that they're doing there. Yeah, so they offer uh, every category. Uh, so you can ship, not every, but many. You can ship car, boats, so it's a it's a really a, uh, horizontal peer to peer shipping marketplace, and it's a very innovative um, concept. And uh, the team has been doing a, an amazing job. Um, but pets are the the main categories that they they have uh, where they have more traction. So that's why they started um, looking at the pet category and this pet protection first, and then eventually they will think about. Um, going from there Mm -hmm. i imagine that in the us there's much more of a need for something like that um, because of the huge distances whereas i think in the uk people just put their pet in the back of the car um because there's never a journey that is it sort of means that you you you'd need to do that but that's um that's really interesting so today um matthias i would love to talk a bit more about some of the things that you are going to cover in your upcoming webinar. Um, So this is going to happen 
in the middle of March, March the 16th. Um, and the mm-hmm. title of the webinar, which is going to be a live event, and that's at, um, well, it's GMT um, 5 p.m. Um, but if you're in the US, it will be at various times, I think, from 10 a.m. through to lunchtime, depending on what time zone you're in. And it's called How Marketplaces Self-Insure to Improve Conversion. Now, I'm quite fascinated by this because what on earth is self-insurance? Because I think there'll be marketplace startup founders listening to this, wondering um, what exactly that term means. So please explain. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things I like about insurance is that it's extremely complicated, but it's extremely simple at the same time. So <laughs> let me, let's, uh, let's apply that to self-insurance. So self-insurance is exactly what the name says. It means that the company is um, um, using its own money or retaining the risk from uh, insurance or guarantee products that they may offer. So what means here is that instead of now going to an insurance company and say, hey, I need my customers have this risk, for example, let's use Aldorzi as, as an example. Instead of Aldorzi going to uh, um, um, Geico and saying, hey, Geico, I need you to insure all my users. And whenever they pay, let's say $10 per, per rental day, I will give this money to you. And then if there's any losses, in, in, uh, then you are going to pay for them. In the self-insurance world, the company does not use an insurer. They still offer the protection, but then they they keep the risk uh, in-house, which means that if the, if the program works well, there may be a lot of profit to be made by the company and not by the insurance company. But obviously, the flip side is that the company is exposed. So if things go um, wrong or if the, the, pro- the product is not profitable, then the company may... Uh, may lose money, but it's a it's a very and again it sounds very scary when you think about mm-hmm. like now now we are going to own the risk. But the reality and the good news here, and and, and that's where frankly most of our customers are are doing the, the self insurance, is that the marketplaces are generating so much data about their users, about the risk that you know the transactions have, that they actually know their risk a lot better than the insurers. So they are in a much uh, more comfortable position to decide what's the price, predict what's the, the loss that's going to happen in the future to, um, to understand how to price that, to know what kind of coverages, what things they want to include, exclude. So self-insurance gives them um, a lot of control and it can provide them uh, a pretty good profitability depending um, on how this works. If it depends on that data and, and large quantities of it, is this something that would only really suit a well-established marketplace rather than one that was in the early stages? Um, I think in general, in, in, in general, yes. Um, the more data the marketplace has, the easier it becomes to predict the risk. Therefore, Let's say they lower the risk for the marketplace, and that's something we, you know, we learn at Turo, right? As we were building the Turo uh, program, um, every year that passes, you no know, Turo will get more data, and then therefore the prediction of the risk becomes better. Um, 
they are things you know, and what we're seeing the, the typical journey is that you now companies start partnering with insurers in the you know for the first one two years of operation as they are learning they're seeing how large is the risk but then eventually uh, when they can prove that things work well they switch to the self-insurance as we mentioned they they start to you know or stop working with insurer and start um, working with their own internal um, internal team. And in your experience, what do investors think of this? Because uh, in, from what I've learned from startups, you know, raising, um, you know, raising capital and their funding rounds and having to do these investor decks, insurance is an important part of 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 what they're explaining and their growth strategy. What do um, VCs or investors, what do they think about a choice like this? Do they see it as risky or do they see it as something that could really contribute to growth ultimately? Uh, from our experience, they see that as something that is very positive. Like if a marketplace can self-insure uh, appropriately, um, which means uh, run like have enough data, have enough understanding of the risk, and now they take control over their protection uh, program. That is very good for for many reasons. And again, the control allows them to really tailor the product to their customers. And again, they know their customers better than anybody else uh, in the world. Uh, as I mentioned, if this is done well, it can be profitable. So there'll be an additional revenue stream and investors like that. And ultimately, the marketplace is building a moat, right? So the, by by having the, the the data, by keeping the the, the product um, in house, they can differentiate from other competitors in the market. So if you uh, get a standard product from an insurer, that product will be exact the same product will be sold to any company in the space. Now, if the marketplace owns the product, um, they can tailor in a way that they are the only ones that have that, and that creates. Um, kind of defensible position in the long run. So if the company, if the marketplace is, you know, owns the, the data, but also, you know, the actual policies, um, does that mean that they have to spend more on, on resource to look after that? Or is that where you come in? Or is it done in an automatic way? I'm just picturing maybe needing yeah. more staff to deal with sort of renewals and things like that. How does that work? Yeah, no, absolutely, and, and and you're right that there's no free lunch, right? If they now a simple way to think about is that if they're self-insuring, they are kind of becoming a version of insurance company. Obviously, um, it's not no, it's not a, like a, a, the same uh, exact level. They're not creating a full-blown insurance company, but they, there's more overhead. There are more uh, things that they can have to think about. For example, they have to think about um, what's the software that they need to administer those policies, to you know how they price those products, how, how those protection and insurance uh, products. They have to look at licensing. They have to look at compliance. Um, so there are definitely um, um, a lot of things that they, they need to do. And, you know, and uh, that's exactly why we started Tint, because we realized as we were going through the exact same journey at Turo that, now, it's very hard for a company that is not in the core business of insurance to operate 
all of this um, alone and, and without help. So today, you know, Tint basically makes that entire process you know, very easy. Um, so you can think almost like integrating Stripe that they plug a few APIs. Uh, we help them structure and configure the product and they can get starts offering that to their customers in a compliant way. So if a marketplace approached you and they were already using maybe a traditional insurer, what would be the sort of time scale or level of upheaval to move from, from that more traditional style to to what you're doing? I know you just sort of said that, you know, it, it's kind of easy, but in terms of, of timings, is it something, it doesn't sound like something that would, you know, happen overnight, but I imagine, you know, that you've, you've smoothed out the journey for, for your customers and made it, you know, viable for them to, to actually make that move. Yeah, absolutely. They can move as uh, quickly as I'd say a week. Uh, we had cases, you know, customers that integrated everything and moved in a week. Wow. Um, I would say that the typical time or the average time is more around one to two months. And there's a good reason for that, right? Like we want to work with the marketplace, make sure that they understand all the um, all the constraints and all the trade-offs that we can you know, kind of guide them through the process of setting uh, up things um, correctly. Um, and you know, that they have enough data, enough understanding of the risks that is actually... Uh, a responsible thing to to move to um, to the self insurance route, so yeah, I'd say vary between a week to all the way to maybe a couple of months. Mm-hmm. So tell me a bit more about Tint and your ambitions, because you know we when we first spoke, you were kind of you'd only been well, I mean, two years is a long time with a um, a, a business, but at the same time, you've had the same amount of time since as well. How um, how has the company grown, and what what are your ambitions for um, for the next two years till till I get you on the podcast again in two years' time? Yeah, well, I hope we don't uh, <laughs> we don't go two years without uh, without talking again. But yeah, the the last two years in me uh, since we uh, uh, last talked have been amazing for us i think uh, i'm trying to think in two years we probably grew 20 times uh in terms of known revenue um we we have uh, a lot more customers we are processing um millions and soon hundreds of millions of dollars through our platform like you know, from from companies that are protecting their customers um on on their on their website so our ambition is very large like we believe that um, all of we're talking about here and like why marketplaces are even thinking about insurance it is uh, a symptom of the biggest transformation uh, in the insurance industry since it was created. Uh, this idea of embedded insurance or the customers, they will buy the insurance protection uh, products from the companies directly and not from uh, an insurer. Then on the idea that people won't necessarily go to Geico for an auto insurance policy because they can get coverage when they need through Uber, when they join a car or they drive a car or through Turo when they are renting a car from somebody else. So that really changed the insurance industry and then creates an, you know, the opportunity of a lifetime for marketplaces to uh, play more of the role of the insurer and really like, you know, as, as we discussed before, 
control the product, keep the profitability house, build uh, a competitive strategy. So we think that if you fast forward 10 years, the way consumers interact with insurance is radically different. And the marketplaces and other tech platforms will be the winners. And then they will you know, transact most of the premium that will happen um, in, in 10 years. And we are building an infrastructure to power it all, right? So our ambitions is really to become like what Stripe did for payments, right? It's become the underlying infrastructure that all those tech platforms will build and, and successfully run their protection and insurance products. So does that mean the sky is the limit in the sense that it could be any kind of marketplace and anywhere in the world? Or are you restricted by, you know, by location at all? Or by are there certain types of marketplace that this just wouldn't work for? Um, in terms of the marketplaces can be um, almost all, right? Because I think as long as it's within what insurance is called property and casualty. So it's like insurance that protects stuff or protects people uh, from damage that stuff can happen. So like, you know, protects your car mm -hmm. and protects you if you hit something uh, with a car and damage something in a car. This world of property can be any kind of uh, uh, of risk. So as I mentioned, we already, you know, we talked about share mobility a lot, but now we have use cases for for shipping, for crypto deposits, for pets, for um, equipment breakdown, for boats. So like really seeing that all property is a is a fair game. Uh, we what we don't do is things like health. So if the company wants to protect their employees with health plans or something like that, mm -hmm. like that's something we don't do. A bit different. In, yeah. in terms of geographical scope, um, yeah, I mean we have definitely the potential and ambition to be global. Uh, we're focused primarily in the United States uh, today, so customers based in the U.S., but some of them are already global. So we help, uh, I mentioned deal at the beginning of the podcast. Um, I, we help them provide a global coverage that will cover you know, any customer from any country. So we're definitely seeing that like, we're organically becoming like more global, but I'll say our sweet spot is primarily the United States at the moment. Yeah, and obviously it's a place, especially at the West Coast, especially Silicon Valley, where, you know, we, there's a huge amount of innovation when it comes to marketplaces. And I mean, there are various hubs around the world where we're seeing lots of new ideas coming through, especially as we come out of the pandemic. But, um, you know, there is obviously a concentration where you are as well. But I'm, I'm seeing some amazing and exciting new marketplace ideas, new sharing and gig platform ideas coming through and um you know they all sound like they'd be you know ripe for this type of embedded insurance so it'll be exciting to see um you know what the next stage is for you i mean it feels like quite often you know if you can imagine it people can can share it um on a marketplace so so sometimes i just think i've seen every idea but then something else pops up so you never know what's next yeah, no, I, I I couldn't agree more. And, and as I mentioned, like it's it's funny because in this startup journey, right, you kind of are like touching things, but you don't may not realize right away. So obviously, you know, the the Turo journey inspired us, but we didn't realize how big the change, the underlying change that was, you know, the Turo was one of the pioneers of until recently. 
And this idea, like now, to your point, because those marketplaces and because all those ideas can pop up from anywhere and all the angles, like it really changes how consumers interact with with insurance. Um, And that's what gets us super excited because we think that when the marketplace does it, it's a much better product. It's more efficient, it's cheaper, understand the customer. So we are really looking forward to a world where most people can get their protection directly from the brands they love when they need it, as opposed to (laughs) having to fight with uh, insurance companies over the phone to get protection. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately this, this whole thing depends on trust. And, you know, if, if this can um, build trust and in it can also help the marketplaces themselves be more profitable, then gosh, let's, yeah, let's do more of it. So once again, March the 16th, and that is a Wednesday. And yeah, you will be live. And it's one of those funny weeks where the time difference between the UK and the US is an hour different to what it normally is. So to make sure that nobody misses it, it is 5pm in the UK rather than 6pm as it usually is. Um, So we look forward to hearing about the pros and cons of embedded insurance. And I think you're going to be talking through some examples of marketplaces that self-insure. So we're really looking forward to that. And thank you so much for being on the Platform Podcast again. And I hope that we will get to see you at some of our actual in-person events this year, as well as the the virtual ones. Well, thank you so much. It's always uh, great talking with you. Um, Yeah, and looking forward to chatting more about self-insurance and really showing that it is easier than it looks if you have the right tools and the right um, advice around you. So, well, thank you very much. Thank you for tuning into the Platform Podcast. Be sure to check us out at marketplacerisk.com for information and resources to help startups launch, grow, and succeed. And follow us on social media at Marketplace Risk to stay up to date on all of our conferences, summits, virtual events, and more.